Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back for another episode of The Untamed Life. Today, we are diving into relationships, specifically my greatest relationship failures and the priceless lessons and gifts that I've gained along the way. So you guys, I'm going to be raw and real with you today. I, as always, I'm like, ah, should I put this stuff out? And the answer, of course, is a resounding, resounding yes. Everybody that I run into is dealing with some sort of relationship stuff going on in their life at their core. The majority of clients I've worked with have always had roots in relationships. We are relational beings. So I believe that this podcast will resonate with anyone listening. I'm really talking to those of you, though, today who have felt like, man, I have really messed up some of the relationships in my life. Maybe you're still cycling through past relationship patterns and you are trying to rack your brain to figure out a way how to break free from those old patterns, from those old cycles, from those old ways of showing up that seem to just come in and take over you. And then you're like, what? just happened? Who was that guy? Who was that woman that just showed up? That was not me. That was not how I wanted it to go. So today I'm going to be raw and real with you guys. As always, I'm sharing from my heart. I'm being, um, being, being authentic with you. So I want you to really know by the end of this podcast that you are not alone in your relationship struggles, really what's going on behind the doors of your home. We all put such a great mask on in public, don't we? Like we all have these great shows and we see these, these beautiful, you know, perfect relationships from the outside. But the reality is we never truly know what goes on behind the scenes. And there's a lot of mask wearing in our world right now (laughs) on all levels. There's a lot of facade hiding behind personas, identities, and we never know what's really going on. And I want to say that for all those relationships that you do witness and you're like, wow, they have such an amazing relationship, such an amazing connection. What is up with that? I'm And, and I can attest to that because that is my reality today. It was not always my reality. Those relationships got to that point because of their past failures, not in spite of them. So it's not that they're lucky. Somebody, you know, messaged me the other day and said, oh, you, you guys are so lucky to have that relationship. I'm like, honey, it ain't luck. We got here because, because of all the past turmoil, strife, struggles, failures, lessons, gifts that we picked up and the radical awareness and awakening within us that forced us and 
broke us down to the point that we were willing to surrender and start showing up differently. And we need to get this because, you know, I I really want to, to focus in on the fact that our past failures current or past, are pointing. They're pointing to the greatest gifts right now if we are just willing to drop this facade, to drop the layers of thick armor that we have built up over the years, to open our hearts up, you know, to not only receive something completely new, which a lot of high achievers are not very good at receiving. You know, we've been taught receiving is is not safe. Um, or there's conditions attached to it, to open up, to receive, and to give freely from a place of being full without all these expectations and attachments and, you know, really start to allow ourselves to, to have permission to experience an amazing relationship. Um, so I'm going to, you know, unpack a lot of this today, but the biggest fear for most men and women at the root, you know, we all have like a handful of core wounds, core deep fears that guide all of our automatic programming through life. And a lot of these are, you know, I've talked about, they come from the original design, the original fall, and also early, early childhood wounds. But the biggest fear is one of is I, I, I do not have what it takes to succeed. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of not being able to follow through. And, you know, this is a real thing. And we experience this on so many levels. Again, whether it's, you know, wanting to to lose weight and then like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to not only do it, but keep it to sustain it? And I just want to say that this is a huge, huge fear. Our fear is often not um, getting a no, right? Is that is often not like not getting there, but it's actually, what if I get it and then I mess it up? What if I get it and I can't sustain it? What if I get it and I sabotage it like I've always done? So just tune into that for a second. It is high time that we redefine this idea, this mindset, this energy of failure and I'm going to invite you to consider several iterations of that in this podcast. And, and you know, one of the things I always say is, what if it's not failure? What if it's practice? You know, for us to do the reps and an opportunity for our eyes to be open to things we couldn't see, right? We were just missing the mark. It's time to refine our skills, refine our focus, refine our target, and we get in the practice instead of attaching all of this meaning and making it about us and what we're doing wrong and who we're not enough of and all that crap that comes up for us. So today I really want to dive into this and um, as always at the end, I'm going to give you a challenge and a test, a test. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little test. So make sure you stick around for that. And you guys, if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to, you know, get on the list and receive special invitations to free workshops, live events that I'm hosting, um, inspirational messages as I roll things out, text the word kingdom to 844-974-4593. I often will send out free gifts, free resource tools to those people on my list. So if you want to be connected to me, be part of that container, you can text the word kingdom to 844-974-4593. All right. So Uh, Let's dive in. I am 
excited to dive into this one. So here, here we go, right? My personal relationship stories. Today, I am wildly passionate about intimacy, trust, connection, you know, rising together, man and woman together, leading together, co-creating together, collaborating together, and ditching all of this competitive energy where we're pitted against each other, like so much of the program programming that is out there in the world. And I I just want to say today, I'm in this beautiful, very life-giving relationship with my husband, who is truly my number one fan. And I wake up, I can honestly say, thank you, Lord, that every day I wake up and I'm so grateful to have this man in my life. I'm like, God, thank you for bringing him into my life. I love to love this man. And I'm excited about pouring love onto him, into him, instead of like, what's he going to do for me? So, you know, today I get this this beautiful manifestation of having this soulmate, if that's what you want to call it, relationship that is very intimate, connected, um, grounded. And really there's a lot of oxygen for both of us to be who we are created to be uniquely our, our own person. And yet when we come together, we amplify each other in so many ways, our strength, you know, we, our strength multiplies, our vision multiplies, our skills multiply, our gifts multiply, and we truly are under the same mission, the same vision. And we have our own businesses, but we are really dedicated and focused on the we, the us, the what are we being called to create and cultivate as a couple? Why did God bring us together at this season of our life? And we know why. Um, But I just want to say, like, it is wonderful. It is so life-giving and wonderful and expansive to be in this place where you can fully be yourself, know that you are supported in your dreams and your desires, and you don't have to explain yourself or defend yourself or justify your actions or all of that. And you can really move forward together without resistance or friction and keep expanding, um, you know, instead of sort of like battling against each other, trying to pull each other along. So that is where I sit today. And, and where I sit today, I'm going to be honest with you guys, has been a result of a lot of really like not beautiful, beautiful things at all. <laughs> not beautiful experience. This was not always my story at all. In fact, you know, this was not the case. In fact, if I'm totally honest, I spent a good 25 plus years recycling the very similar, familiar version of the same relationship over and over and over again. Like it was just be like new relationship, new guy, same old BS in a different outfit, right? And I, how many of you out there can resonate with this? And I, I see this a lot, right? It's like, I'm going to drop this one and I'm going to go into the next relationship. And then for whatever reason, (laughs) you're like, I just got another version of what I just had over there. It's just got a different name, a different outfit, a different address, but these old things just keep showing up. And I'm just going to, again, share like my entire life, you know, I have been just craving this deep connection. And I, you know, I know that we all know at our core, it's what we're designed for. We all crave love. We all crave to be accepted, to be wanted and desired. And, um, really like, 
you know, we all sort of start in high school, right? Or maybe a little bit sooner for some of us, but this, this love affair with the opposite sex and starting to explore relationships starts around, you know, your teen years. And in high school, I was a serial monogamous relationship seeker. I'll, I'll say that's like, I, I did have one boyfriend, but I never went without having a boyfriend for longer than a week. It was like, I needed to have a boyfriend all of the time. And if I wasn't in a relationship, I did not know what to do with myself. I had no worth. I was like, who am I? What, you know, and there was a lot of stuff going on at home, obviously in my relationship with my father, which I talk about a lot, girls and their fathers. You guys, if you are listening, man, your relationship with your daughter is so key right now. She is learning how to be loved by the way that you love her, the way that you love her mother, you know, whether you're together or divorced, the way that you are showing up is modeling the, the level of relationship and intimacy, intimacy. She's not only going to, you know, gravitate towards, but hold as a standard in her relationships, whether she's in high school, university, thirties, forties, whatever, and beyond, you know, I just didn't have that model growing up. I had a very dysfunctional model of what a relationship looked like at home. Right. And so I became a serial like relationship seeker. I was never comfortable being alone. I was terrified of being alone. And so I would just be grasping from one relationship to the other, to the other. And it's the minute that something started to feel unstable, (laughs) unsteady, like, Oh, you know, he's not showing up for me the way I want, or he's not giving me as much attention, or I would start to freak out, you know, below the surface. And I would just skip to the next one. I would just like break up and jump to the next one. And I was very good at this. Like I was a master of just like dropping men and moving to the next one, dropping and moving and dropping and moving. And I often had my playing field open, you know, just in case I, I had a black backup plan and I had a backup plan even when I was dating. And and you guys, I know a lot of women, come on, I'm going to call us out on here. You know, a lot of women that I've known throughout my entire life, and this is kind of a joke in, you know, with women is that, you know, when we're not truly in the relationship, committed to the relationship and have done our work on ourselves, we do sort of like, okay, I have a backup plan just in case this one doesn't work out. Or I'm already praying about my next relationship or thinking about the next guy because, you know, just in case he's going to leave me, he's going to screw things over. I can't trust him. Whatever these stories that we tell ourselves. So I'm just being raw and real and I'm sharing it because I know I wasn't the only one, the only woman that operated from this energy which is really just an energy of fear, right? That he's going to leave. I'm going to be left alone. And so I have to make sure that I have things lined up. And so this, this was the, the energy that I was coming from. This is the operating system. And I got married when I, I, you know, I got married very young at 23. I got married at 17. I moved out of the home and started living with my boyfriend and going to university because at that point we had lost our residential home and sort of like the family unit dissolved a little bit, a lot. Actually, we lost our home and a lot of things shifted in my life. And I ended up living with my boyfriend at 17. So very, I started this like, you know, university thing and living on my own very early and totally providing for myself fairly early. So by the time I was 23, I'd already been out of university for several years. I had been partying and, you know, 
dating lots of people and kind of doing that. And I just craved so badly stability, structure, safety, you know, which was the same thing I always craved, but I was just craving that so badly. And I got married to my husband at 23, my first husband, way too early, way too early. Like who knows who they are at 23. Um, but I just craved this, this safety structure, you know, protection so deeply. And then I, you know, cycled through what I call the two-year plan, which is like, I got married at 23. And then every two years, it was like, you know, had a baby and then another baby and then another baby. And so this is like, you know, 25, 27, 29. And then by 30, it's like, okay, it's time to get divorced. I was, I call that the two-year plan, but really that relationship was full of quote unquote failures, miscommunication, mistrust, um, just not a lot of safety, emotional safety in that relationship from both of us. Right. And then after that divorce, cause you know, I was very much like in, okay, it's all his fault, <laughs> right? I have to get out of here so that I can be free so that I can find the man that's meant for me so that I can, you know, do what I want. He's been holding me back. All of this stuff we tell ourselves and we think I got to get out of here. I got to leave, you know? And there was a lot of stuff going on for sure. There was a lot of red flags. There definitely were a lot of issues. But what happened was I then entered into another relationship right out the gate. And even though I knew it was all wrong the whole time, we just kept forcing this relationship forward. And, you know, we had so much passion and we did truly kind of, you know, there was love, but there was no respect. There was zero ability to come together united for anything. And that relationship was a struggle again, you know, a struggle for attention, a struggle for affection, a struggle for presence, you know, a struggle for like how we were going to move forward together. And it was almost always like when I wanted to move forward, he didn't want to go. And then when, you know, I would pull back and then he would want to go and then I would pull back and we were just never on the same page. And, you know, it was so frustrating for me to go through this. And I'm like, okay, what is wrong with me? What on earth am I doing wrong? In my business, I seem to have my stuff together, right? I'm succeeding over here. I'm successful. I'm making money. I'm expanding my business. I'm building teams in my athletic career. I'm winning races. I'm, I'm a really, you know, I'm a top athlete. I felt like I was a woman who had so much going for her. And then there was this one arena of my life, relationships, my most intimate container where I was living like in this show, right? And really at the end of the day, we're not fooling anybody. You know, you think you're putting on a show, you think you're putting on a mask, you think every, look, everything's great on the outside, but reality, like people know, it just oozes out of you, you know? And it was just awkward <laughs> to be around us. It was awkward for our kids. People were walking on eggshells because the energy between us was such. And that wasn't the end. You know, after that relationship, there was another one for two years where, you know, similar patterns ensued and they started hot and heavy and strong and like so much desire and so much like, I'm going to be on my best behavior for this relationship and show up as the best person of me. But all those same wounds, all those same triggers, all the same stuff that was unresolved that was inside was still there. So no matter how much I tried to shove it in the corner or think that I had dealt with it or, you know, push through it, 
and just kind of like do it through sheer will, through my own thinking. By the way, talking to your girlfriends and friends, terrible, 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 terrible idea. (laughs) Do not go for counsel to anyone who is not truly living in relationship from a place of having done the inner work, radical humility, service and love to the other person, because I've had some of the worst advice. And um, so the point here is, you guys, that I spent so much time, so much energy recycling, recycling very similar relationships, the same wounds, the same patterns. And I had this really, I'm going to just say insatiable appetite to like desire to want so badly to have this relationship in my life, but I could not figure it out. I kept trying and I had not done the work required. And so even though the men looked different, you know, I kept experiencing emotionally unavailable men, emotionally unavailable relationship. And what was interesting is the minute they leaned in, I pulled back. So sometimes we get to ask ourselves, wait a second, I've been complaining about him or her and my, you know, I'm always attracting these emotionally unavailable relationships or my spouse is hot and cold. By the way, this comes up a lot when I'm coaching people. And my first question is like, where do you show up that way? You know, what are you hot and cold about? And of course, everything on the outside is always a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And we love to point our finger at the other person, but we do not like to turn that hand around and start to look inside, right? To say, where are we doing that? Where am I showing up that way? There was a lot, you know, I kept attracting or engaging in emotionally unavailable relationships. So what does that look like? You feel so empty. Even though you have someone next to you, you're sleeping in the same bed, you feel so alone. And it's like the most awful feeling in the world. It's just, I can't imagine a worse feeling than like being in a room with people and feeling invisible or unseen, right? I did not feel seen. I did not feel desired. I did not feel heard. And to be honest, neither did they. And no matter how hard I tried to communicate it, right? I thought I was communicating it. I would be so frustrated because I'm like, I'm doing all of these things and you still don't feel seen, heard, desired. And he would be saying, I'm doing all of these things. And I still don't feel seen, heard, desired, wanted a priority. Right. And so the, the wild thing is like, we both thought we were showing up, but it was that manifesting that way. The other thing that we experienced was chronic dissatisfaction. I'm just going to say this as a woman, and I know a lot of women suffer from this ailment, which is I was chronically dissatisfied. I was literally expecting and waiting for him to screw up, to fail me, to prove me quote unquote, right. That like, see, I knew he was going to do that. I know he was going to cheat. I know he was going to, you know, not show up to this game, to this race. I knew he was going to, you know, fly and hide when things got difficult. I knew he was going to not be able to hold space for me, whatever the thing was, not be there for my kids. All these stories, right? And we have so many stories that we have about the opposite sex. And what's interesting is when they're running in the background, we are consistently creating scenarios in our life for them to prove the storyline right, the old programming right. And this has been a huge shift, you guys, huge shift is really what story do I want 
him to prove me right on, right? There was disrespect, especially in communication. So the same old patterns that kept showing up was really just a lot of disrespect. And again, this was something that I felt real with you guys. I felt so disrespected so much of the time and I would be angry and resentful in my relationships. And I can remember right back from the time when I was a stay-at-home mom with my babies, you know, I had three kids, three stepkids. My husband was traveling all the time, you know, working, building a team, following his vision, his mission. And I just felt like a maid, you know, I felt like a maid. I felt useless, worthless. I just was like, what on earth am I doing here? I felt so just disrespected. And at the end of the day, you know, we know that when we are feeling disrespected over and over and over again. It's simply because we don't even respect ourselves. We have no core respect for the woman, the man inside. We have no boundaries. We have no healthy standards that we we don't communicate clearly or express our desires, ask for what we need. And we end up operating from a place of total, you know, frustration, resentment, obligation, energy, which is awful in relationships. And so Again, I'm just sharing these things, emotional unavailability, um, not feeling seen or heard, chronically being dissatisfied, let down by the opposite person, disrespected by them, right? And I did not respect my men. I just, there was so much paper cutting in the relationships. And you guys, I want to, I'm saying these things because I'm calling you out as well. I'm calling you out to say, where is this showing up at home in my relationship right now? Are we making these little like, sarcastic paper cutting remarks towards each other. And it it feels like funny banter, but we don't realize that they're little slices. And over time we bleed each other out, right? It's not fun to paper cut each other, to put each other down, especially, especially in public, which was a norm. And, you know, this walking on eggshells energy where you can't be yourself. You're hiding things. You're hiding your dreams. You're hiding your vision. You're hiding your celebrations. This is a big one. You know, I had so many celebrations at work or I would, I would launch a program or I would, you know, go somewhere and meet some amazing people or, you know, sign up for something. I just wouldn't share. I would not share my celebrations. Uh, It was like, I had a different life over there because I didn't feel supported. You know, I knew I would be questioned it would be watered down. And I just wanted to be in a place where I could celebrate. And there was no trust. There was a lot of betrayal in the past in my relationships that kept recycling. And, you know, again, those have deep roots. Um, I believe every one of us, man and woman, have deep roots of mistrusting the opposite sex from the original fall right, of mankind, where we were pitted against each other. So we get to reconcile that. But we have to be honest and admit that we also are showing up that way. And what, how it manifested in my life was a lot of betrayal. I witnessed a lot of betrayal in my parents' relationship. There was a lot of adultery. There was a lot of just, you know, just th- there was, and I see it. And my life was no different. Let me be honest. Like there was a lot of betrayal because there was a lot of mistrust. There was a lot of fear and there was a lot of seeking attention, love, connection that was lacking. And, um, we, when, whenever we are trying to go outside to get these needs met, whenever we are chasing love, chasing acceptance, chasing affection, chasing intimacy, 
intimacy, you know, chasing recognition, significance, chasing what affirmation, like that I'm worthy, that I'm doing things right from someone outside of ourselves, especially if you're in a relationship outside of that relationship, it is just a recipe for disaster because we're totally operating from fear and neediness. And, and that is rooted in, in childhood stuff. For me, that, that was rooted in a lot of my abandonment stuff, right? I had a lot of you know, fears of being left. (laughs) And I've shared that in the past. I'm not going to get into this now, but I just want to share like my breaking point. I always say we have a breakdown before the breakthrough, right? And some of us, like we are intense, like we can handle a lot of stuff. Right. And I would say that I was, I was definitely like, I can, I can tolerate a lot. I've been, I've been trained to tolerate a lot, but I got to tell you that my breaking point happened in 2018, where I finally said, all right, enough is enough. I will be single for the rest of my life if I do not, unless I get the man of my dreams, my soulmate, the relationship that I'm created for. And I knew that I needed to eat some humble pie and start to look within and stop seeking external validation or advice or everything from everyone else and start doing the inner work. And so I drew a line in the sand. I decided to get raw and real with myself and own my part, which is funny because I do this very well in many, many areas of my life. But you know, the stuff that's closest to us, especially our most intimate containers, our most intimate relationships, it's harder often for us to really be humble and own our part. By the way, if you have not listened to episode five, where I talk about breakdowns before breakthroughs, you need to go back and listen to that. But we have to get broken down to a point where we are willing to surrender our old ways, our old stories, our old programs, our old lies, and start to say, okay, God, I'm going to get you involved. I'm going to allow you to lead me instead of me needing to know everything, me having to figure everything out, me having to control everything. So I got God involved. I got super clear on what I was created for, what I desired in my life in terms of a relationship, a, a partnership. I got super clear on how I had, what that would look like, the type of man that I wanted to call into my life. And you guys, I am not kidding. I wrote eight pages, eight pages in such great detail because I was like, I want to make sure there is nothing vague about this description because I want to be very clear to myself and to God, what I will allow, what I will tolerate, what I'm, what I'm looking for, what I desire. And it's either this or something better, but definitely nothing less than this. And I knew that when I was ready, that was going to show up. And so that next piece was, okay, I got to get really humble. I got to get really humble because the next thing I did is I looked at that list and I looked and I said, God, this is the relationship you're creating for me. You know, you, you created me for, this is the type of man I've, I've desired and dreamed about. And I know is available to me, for me, for us, for the mission you're calling me and my partner to stand beside me and, and me to stand beside him and for us to lead together. Where have I not been showing up as the woman this man is attracted to? is looking for, right? And I say this a lot, but that began that began my humble journey of really surrendering, you know, looking back and saying, "Man, I did not show up as that woman that would be the queen for that king that I'm calling in." And I started my journey of radical obedience 
to the spirit, to my heart, to God, and coming back to my original design. And when I say this, I'm talking about, you know, a woman, the design of a woman, the design of the feminine essence that God created us to be man and woman. And so I got to get raw and real about what is a woman's design? Who is a woman created? Like, what is it that's unique about her? Where am I missing the mark? And I got to understand what is the original design of a man? And where have I been watering that down or trying to change that or distort it or, or following some world program view of what a man is? Because the world has been giving us these de- distorted definitions of what a man is and what a woman is and what a man needs and what a woman needs and how a man shows up and how a woman shows up and what a man's going to do and what a woman's going to do. And we have continued to fulfill these, you know, these prophecies, let's call them, instead of redirecting our focus back to how we were created to be first and foremost as a unique man, a unique woman in our essence and to show up for for each other and fulfill that prophecy, right? that destiny. So, you know, I got to understand like, what is the role that I'm going to play in the relationship? And what is the role that I'm going to allow respect and honor and, and celebrate him to play in our relationship? And how do I co-create and collaborate with, with this? And so it began my road, you know, my journey of doing the inner work and a lot transpired as I let go and I shed and I shed, released so much of my old, you know, self-identity. And I just want to share a couple things here that I worked through. But number one, I ditched, I had to ditch this fierce independence identity that I had, and I had to upgrade it for fierce interdependence. I had been operating from a lone wolf mentality. Again, there's a previous episode on that operating as a lone wolf. And I realized that, you know, I needed to go through that season for a season of my life, but that it was no longer my season to be a lone wolf. It was no longer my season to be in survival mode. It was no longer my season to go alone and be independent and have to be the one, the source, the controller, the leader of everything. I wanted to cultivate inter- dependence. You know, and I had to own the fact that I do want to depend on someone. I need to depend on someone and I want someone to depend on me, but not to be needy of each other. Right. And so I embraced this beautiful upgraded definition, identity, and operating system of interdependence. I ditched the hard ass (laughs) battle warrior woman that love to say, I'm strong, I'm confident, I'm bold, I'm fearless. And yes, I am strong and I am bold and I am fearless, but it's a new kind of strength. It's such a different strength, one that is rooted in grace, right? A strength that doesn't have to prove her own strength because she knows that she is, and she has a unique strength that is different than the masculine strength. So I ditched the hard shell of proving And having to compete, which was in partnership with this, right? Because I consistently had to compete with, against whoever I was with. And I didn't even realize I was doing it, you guys. Most of the time I was like, I thought it was fun, right? Or we were just in this competition energy with everything, whether it was athletics, whether it was like, just name it. 
the competition energy. And by the way, I'm an athlete, right? So I love, I do enjoy competition. It's actually really fun until we take it too far and we start really, you know, competing from a place of lack of just all the wrong energy. So I, I'm not going to go too far down that, but I ditched the need to compete and I decided to upgrade and learn how to become a collaborator. There had to be a lot of unlearning that took place around that. And I upgraded my definition of competition so that we get to engage in more play, more fun, friend, like fun competition, but it's actually like we're we're going for the same thing, right? We're co-creating and we're collaborating. And I ditched the constant striving and proving myself, my worth, you know, my beauty, like having to prove that I was worthy and having to prove that I was a catch and having to strive for, you know, and, and, and like sort of just strive for his affection and his energy. And I started to show up from a place of knowing that we were both worthy of receiving great love. I didn't have to do anything to earn it. I didn't have to prove anything that I was worthy of it. I started to shift into a space of knowing, hey, of course we're both worthy of giving and receiving love. We're both desired. We're both wanted. We are both created this way. And I really stopped waiting for him to do the right thing or to lead when it came to love. And I decided to begin to show up from the place of the right thing that I knew, right? And so this is so important because I, whether you're a man or you're a woman, you guys, I hear this all the time. Well, she, you know, is always, you know, nagging or (laughs) dissatisfied or, you know, rigid and tense and telling me what I'm doing wrong. And he's always, you know, not present and working too much and, you know, not showing up for the family. And, and so we wait, we wait for the other person to lean in. We wait for the other person to do quote unquote, the right thing before we'll lean in. And that continues to build a Canyon between us. Most importantly, I decided to heal the old abandonment wounds when I realized that, you know, all of these patterns, they were just patterns, you know, so much of the time, again, I did a podcast episode on understanding, you know, the nature of the battle, overcoming the battle. And so much of the time we get in these arguments and our conversations and we're rehashing these superficial, contentual, you know, situations, like we're just arguing about content, like the laundry on the floor, or who didn't do this, or you did that. And we keep fighting at this very surface level instead of understanding what's underneath all of it. When we start lining up all of the things that we're you know, upset about or un- uneasy around or fearful of or whatever, and we go, what is the pattern? What is the pattern? What's underneath that pattern? For me, it was that fear of being left, right? And I needed to be the one to be in control that that would not happen to me, right? And it was it was crazy. So it didn't. Like my entire life, I always was the one who broke the engagement first. I always was the one that decided to leave first. I made sure that I was in control of that. And once I got clear on this and I said, I got to heal this. I got to get to the root because it keeps manifesting with all these different outfits. 
And I realized that those were just generational patterns and curses that had to be broken. They were, I was not unique. I wasn't the first one in the family that kept going and recycling these relationships. This wasn't new. And I bet if you're listening, this isn't new for you. This pattern, maybe it was passed on to you from your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors. Like I believe that these are just collective generational patterns that we keep replaying out. And I decided it stops here. The main thing, you guys, is that I began to show up as the woman God created me to be before I entered into any relationship. And I started to tune into that and and started to show up as that woman and practice being that woman rather than what the world was telling me and my friends were telling me and the magazines were telling me and all of these other relationship things were telling me that I needed to do or say. It was ridiculous the amount of time and energy I wasted downloading things, listening to things where I was like trying to figure out how to control or manipulate or, you know, get him to do what I wanted. It's ridiculous. There's so much garbage out there. It's ridiculous. But I'm telling you, once you get crystal clear, once I got crystal clear and I was willing to say, God, I will wait, I will wait. I was a hundred percent to the point where there was no going back. I was going to be single (laughs) or it was going to be that or something better, but there was no way that I was going back. And that was my breakdown moment. And I was not pretty. You guys, it was not pretty. It was not comfortable. In fact, I was radically uncomfortable. I I spent a lot of solo time going deep, you know, with myself. I was so uncomfortable with my own company for a while. Truly, when I had to sit with myself on the weekends when everyone else was going out. And, and I remember, you know going for a bike ride once. And I was on this long road ride by myself. And I was literally like crying, ugly crying because I was on this road ride. And I was so used to doing all this, you know, physical activity with my ex and with our groups that we were part of and friends. And I was like, I'm alone and no, I have no one to do these things with. And, And I had to deal with getting to know the woman inside really on a whole other level to, to start the love affair with the woman inside, to really get to understand who she is, what she desires, what she was afraid of, what she was excited about and have conversations with her. And if you're not willing to do that, you know, you're not willing to have an extraordinary, amazing relationship. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that. Not sorry. I'm just going to say this last piece before, you know, I wrap it up is that once I got crystal clear, it was November, I believe it was 2018. Uh, I got crystal clear. I told you guys, I wrote things down. I drew a line in the sand. I felt like everything had just been like stripped away from me. I was so embarrassed, like exhausted, tired, done with. I was just like done. And I remember being in a, in a guided meditation of, and I was visual, envisioning my future husband and God sent me a vision of this man. And It was a very clear day for me. I remember it well. And I remember his eyes. I remember the way he held me in the vision. I remember how he turned around. Like it was so vivid. I have a lot of visions. And what was so beautiful is I just took that vision. I received it. I recorded it. And then I let it be. I wasn't like, God, when, God, when, or, you know, how's it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I, I didn't even ask. I was just, I just said, thank you. And then I got to work on getting ready to receive, positioning myself to be ready 
to receive. This is why I talk about, you know, are you preparing for what God is sending your way or are you asking God when, where is it? How is it coming? How am I going to get it? I got just ready preparing. And it was interesting because I was unattached. I firmly believe this because I was unattached because I didn't ask. It was less than three months, three months later, I was at a Tony Robbins business conference in West Palm beach, Florida. And then out of a room of 2,500 people, we get broken up into these groups of eight and we have a project to work on. And Tony says, for the next five days, you are going to sit with these people, eat with these people, like breathe with these people. You are going to do everything with these people because you guys are going to start a business. And he gave us a challenge. And at the time I was like, oh, I didn't come here for a challenge. I came here to learn about how to blow up my business and like grow my business. I'm at a business conference. But what was hilarious was one of the things I had written in my book was I will meet this man at either an entrepreneurial event, right? Because I knew I wanted a man who was on the same page as me at some sort of adventure. I will meet him on a mountain, you know, skiing on on the lake, water skiing, like in the woods, hiking which is interesting. That's where my vision was. Or I will meet him at a spiritual event at church or at an event, you know, where we're, we're doing something like that. And so it was interesting. It was business mastery. And I thought I was there for my business and I had very specific goals for my business. And guess who sits next to me and is part of this team for the next five days? Lo and behold, it's my husband, Mark. Right. And at the time, my eyes had not been fully open to him yet. So that continued to manifest and it had just become a physical reality. And over the next few months, that relationship unfolded. And again, it wasn't immediate. I just trusted. I, I remained unattached to the outcome because he lived in Nebraska and I lived in Toronto. So initially, I was like, well, this can't be him, God. <laughs> He lives in Nebraska. I live in Toronto. I've got kids here. He's got kids there. Like, what the heck? This isn't, this isn't like the setup. And what was interesting is I just let all that go. And we both just moved forward step-by-step, trusting the process. And it wasn't like all crazy, hot and heavy. It just was slowly building, showing up from a totally different place. And, um, And today, here we are, we're married. I am in Omaha right now as I'm recording this. I actually have two homes, one in Toronto, one in Omaha. And we have this really unique way of our relationship just works. I go back and forth. I spend a month there. I spend a month month here until the time that my son graduates or, you know, is old enough where he's on his own and it works for us. You know, it just works for us, but it's a beautiful relationship that I'm in today, a beautiful dynamic. And it is fluid. It is the easiest thing that we both do. There's so much support. There's so much love. And, um, tomorrow, actually for the weekend, we're going to go, you know, spend time for some vision planning and, you know, re reconnect with our joint mission as a couple and what we're creating and what we're working together on. And, and this is the kind of stuff, you know, that becomes the norm when you're aligned when you are operating from a different place where you have done the inner work. And 
you know, again, I get these emails or these messages now where people message me and they're like, oh, must be nice. Must be nice. You found the man of your dreams. He just sort of like plopped out of the sky. Oh, you're so blessed. Oh, oh, I wish I could find someone. Where do you find these guys? Where do you find this woman? You know, Mark has had men, you know, where do you find a woman like that? And I'm not saying this in name. I'm saying that we didn't find each other far from that. And we are not lucky. What happened is we had enough breakdowns that we decided to get radical, get humble, do the inner work, deal with our stuff and show up differently and not settle and set a new standard for what relationships get to look like, feel like, operate like. And whether you're married or you're divorced, you can rebuild from the past struggles and failures. So what I want to tell you as we wrap up is number one, you are not alone in your struggles. As long as you're human and you're on this planet, we're going to trigger each other. We're going to piss each other off. We're going to, you know, poke the bear. And we are doing that to teach each other, to grow together, to invite each other, to rise higher. As we do the inner work, we go deeper we rise higher. And if we do this as a couple, man, I will tell you, it is the most powerful thing when you can be mirrors for each other and you can trigger each other. And instead of getting offended and fighting over superficial things, you can hold the space for each other to go in deep so that you can rise and go wider together, right? We rise above it and we keep expanding in our capacity to love deeper, to do more, to be more, to hold space for more of our vision together. And uh, as I started, our pain always leads to our greatest breakthroughs. If, 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 if we are willing to go within, to do the humbling work of dropping the mask, dropping the facade, being raw and real with ourselves and unlocking the power of our heart. You know, if you've been listening to me, that I believe this can only be done when we start working with God, with the spirit. It's very hard to do this alone. The third thing I want to leave you with is that what is your definition of failure? We all have a desire to succeed, to fulfill like our destiny, our legacy, what God has for us. And our greatest fear is that we won't do it, that we won't measure up, that we won't have what it takes. But I want to invite you today to upgrade, truly upgrade your definition of failure. Instead of saying, I'm failing her, I'm failing him, I'm failing at home. Maybe we can say, I'm missing the mark. Maybe it's my focus. Maybe it's my target. Maybe I'm shooting for the wrong target. Are you shooting for the wrong target? Using this opportunity where you're missing the mark to look at, number one, is this the right target I'm shooting for? Am I just missing the mark? Like I'm not fully understanding. I'm not fully seeing the real picture. It's all practice, my loves. It's all practice. It's all feedback. And this quote unquote failure, this practice you're in is really just an opportunity for your eyes to be opened so that you can see patterns from the past that get to be dissolved. The greatest gifts are waiting there so that you can shift your vision to start focusing on what matters most and start aiming, aiming 
differently. And you know what I love about AIM? When you AIM, it doesn't start from the outside and go in. It starts from within. Your vision starts from within. You're looking from the inside out. When you're pulling back an arrow to shoot it, it's got to pull back and in before you release it, right? So you get laser focused. And this is also the place where we have to up-level our skills. You know, as you practice anything, whether it's a sport, whether it's speaking, whether it's, you know, your, your trade, your gift, we got to practice. We got to hone our skills. We got to up-level communication skills, right? Skills of how to be a lover, skills of how to, you know, have patience, skills. Like these are skill sets, my loves, that we have to cultivate and master. And the only way to do that is by being intentional in the practice, showing up intentionally in the practice day in and day out. I will say this last thing. Remember, it is very difficult to do this journey alone. I don't know anyone who will do this journey as a lone wolf. I don't know anyone who has. It is an inner journey for you to go through on your own, like in your own inner self. It's your journey. It's your work. It's your inner journey into your heart, into your soul. I invite you to get God involved, to get God who is your creator, who knows you better than anyone else, who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, who knows all of your generational ancestral issues, who knows your breaks, your falls, and loves you unconditionally. Get God involved. Ask for help. Get support around you guys, whether you're going alone, like as a couple, like get the right support. I'm a big believer in wise counsel, but there's a lot of couples, people I know that are working on doing their relationship work, and they are still inviting poor counsel to fill the noise in their ears. And every time they make progress moving forward, that poor counsel pulls them back. And those are the enemy tactics that I talked about two episodes ago, right? They distract you. They disorient you. They, they, they turn truth into deception. They distort the reality of things. Be very, very careful who you invite into your sphere as you're doing this work. I want to tell you that you are created for the most magnificent relationship. You are created for the most intimate, deep connection. And there is an unstoppable force that is unleashed and awakened. When a man and a woman come together in love, from a place of love, truly honoring, respecting each other's original design, coming to the relationship to co-create, collaborate. And yes, we each have a role that allows us to multiply and amplify the gifts that God has placed in us. I believe as you have a destiny and a vision as an individual, and then when you are partnered with each other, that destiny and vision is amplified and multiplied. And I cannot say it enough. So you guys just remember that a hurt, hardened, protective heart is a closed heart. And we end up blocking out the very thing we crave and desire so deeply. So it is time to pour love and forgiveness on the hurt, to soften the heart, to open it up, to be able to give and receive the love that you are created for. My challenge, my invitation to you is to look at one area, one place of your life in your relationship where you are operating from a closed, hardened heart and you have planted a stake in the ground and you're not willing to budge. I invite you and I challenge you this week to lean in and do the thing that your heart desperately craves, but your mind 
is fighting you on, right? And it may be as simple as like, I want to go and give him a hug or give her a hug and just hold her. But there's been so much physical distance between us. I can't go there. The canyon's too thick and your mind is talking you out of it, talking you out of it. I'm going to challenge you to lean in and follow the heart instead of the mind. Shift your allegiance, shift who rules your world, okay? That is the invitation for today. And lastly, loves, if you are not in the Wars of the Heart Facebook group, make sure you get in there. There's a link in the show notes. And um, I do not have a freebie for you today, but I am here to say, if you are ready, you want to position yourself to be ready to receive the most amazing relationship. You're ready to do the inner work. You want to awaken the man, the woman inside. You can follow the link in the show notes for the readiness factor assessment. There's 10 factors that determine whether you are truly ready and positioned to not only receive, but sustain the relationship that you are created for. I invite you to go ahead and click on that link, take that assessment. There's an opportunity there to also connect with me for a limited time and and book a call. So you guys, I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I truly know that I know in every cell of my being that an amazing, incredible, deep, intimate, relationship is right around the corner. It's available to you right now. And I'm telling you, when you begin to operate from the place of knowing that and show up from that place, shift happens instantly. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So until next time, warriors, here is to rising, rising as warriors of the heart. We are living untamed lives, untamed lives where deep love, adventure, and courageous leadership are the norm, not the exception. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.